But when you align yourself to God, when you submit your life to God, and you begin to live according to his will, your desires begin to match his desires. So you realize that certain things that you thought you wanted or certain things that you thought you needed, in reality, you don't really need it. You have just tuned into the Being One Podcast. Hey, 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 it's your girl, Samantha Laguerre on the Being One Podcast, the podcast where we will embark on a journey to be one with Christ in our everyday lives as human beings. Hello, Kingdom Citizens. We're back with another episode um, on the Being One Podcast. I am your host, Samantha P. Laguerre. Hey, hey, hey. Um, wow, I've missed y'all. Like, I feel like so much has happened um, from since last Wednesday up until today. And I just had so much I wanted to share with you all. I was even thinking about adding bonus episodes because I just, you know, I like to talk. And I just felt like I just had words and and things to tell you all. Well, I did want to share some more reviews that were left. These ones were on the Being One podcast page on Facebook. And I wanted to make sure that we shout out these people because... I really appreciate my kingdom citizens. I appreciate the fact that you guys leave reviews um, because honestly, these reviews are not even for me, but they are for the people who, you know, they're looking to see what people think about this podcast and what do people are saying before they actually click on it and listen to it for themselves because I understand you know um, our time is precious and we don't want to waste our time listening to nonsense so you know when you guys leave reviews you guys are encouraging them that it's okay to go ahead and click and it's okay to go ahead and listen so a review that was left on the Facebook page um, was from Carleen Laguerre and it says I've listened to the podcast every day on my way to work and from work since she has started it. I am being inspired and motivated to be one with Christ. Love the podcast. The next one was from Miguelita Praval, and it says, Love it so far. Has encouraged me to download the Bible app and and start to dig further in my spiritual side. And I'm so happy and blessed um, by y'all reviews and how, you know, it's motivating you to be one with Christ and how, you know, you're starting to really find and, and, and start a relationship with God and downloading the Bible app to read your word. Um, it's such a blessing to be a blessing. And on to what I wanted to say, because I know, you know, this title is pretty interesting, I believe, but do you surrender? And before I really get into what this what I'm talking about and, and what this title means. Um, I wanted to share with you all because, you know, you guys are my family. And so I wanted to share that um, last week I had the opportunity um, to speak at a middle school. It was such a humbling experience. Um, I've spoken at a middle school before. It was both uh, male and female in 2016. Yeah, end of 2016, I believe. And so three years later now, I was able to have that opportunity to speak again. And when I tell you, the first time I I spoke, I was nervous. I didn't really know what to say. I didn't know how to really be transparent. Um, I feel like at the time, I wasn't really true to myself. I didn't really know myself. But how far I've come and how much I've grown and in Christ and and really being one with Christ, this experience was so much different. I really enjoyed being a vessel and just being used by God to speak and uplift these um, young ladies. And it was just such an amazing experience. It really was. And I can see myself doing it again because it was it was really awesome. And then I also um, had the opportunity to preach on Sunday evening as well I was able to preach a message and it was titled am I pregnant and I shared it on the being one podcast Facebook page if you would go and you know listen to it and it was extremely powerful I had to watch it myself um, and it was just amazing to see how God was just able to use me and to give a word that was just so relevant in this in this season of life 
Um, you know, I received many calls and, and text messages about it. And it's it, again, it's a, it's such a blessing to be a blessing. And it's just amazing to see how God is just able to use me. And it's nothing because of what I've done, y'all. Like I, you know, I'm so passionate about this because it's nothing. I can never come and tell you all this is what I've been doing. Um, yes, it, you know, you have to be intentional, of course, and read your word. But other than that, man, it's it's all about being obedient. Um, that's also what I wanted to share with you all, because this week I've literally learned. I'm like, God, I know you're not a God of games, but I think I figure it out a little bit. Um, but, you know, I realized that it's really about you being obedient. Like God has already he already planned out everything like everything's already in 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 plan. Like he had a plan for you way before you were even a thought. You know what I mean? So now when we grow up and now when we are born, it's all about being obedient to the plan that God already has set before us. And his plan is perfect. And so all you have to do is be obedient and walk in the footsteps that he's already placed um, before us. It's it's literally that. Even last week, I was battling and not wanting to do something. I felt like God was really pushing on my heart to do and going somewhere. God was pushing on my heart to go. I, I didn't want to go. And I was doing everything in my power to kind of, uh, I guess I was playing Jonah you know, um, kind of trying to avoid what God was trying to do or, or trying to send me because I, I, you know, even though I had the right intentions, you know, we always have good intentions sometimes, right? When we, we hear what God is saying, but then we're like, God, but you know, da, 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 you know, you have good intentions. I believe it. I believe you. Um, but just because you have good intentions, that does not mean it's the right intention. Only when you are being obedient to God that you are able to walk rightly, you know, walk rightly to continue to be in right standing with him, um, to continue to walk in his will. Um, so I, cause I don't want you guys, of course, I'm, I'm no greater than you, uh, my listeners, my kingdom citizens. I'm, we're literally walking hand in hand on this journey and I, you know, I would post these um, episodes and I go back and listen to it myself. Like I sit there, I listen to it if I'm, you know, working out, um, if I'm doing something, washing my hair, whatever it is, I have the podcast on and I'm listening to the episodes like how you guys listen to it because um, I get ministered to it as well and I'm blessed by them as well. I remember I was not wanting to do, you know, what God wanted me to do. Um, again, I thought my intentions were, you know, right. And God reminded me of the episode that I posted that said, just obey. He told me to just obey. And, you know, I smile and I'm like, man, if only my listeners knew that y'all, I'm not perfect. You know, sometimes I battle sometimes even with wanting, you know, I want to be obedient, but there are certain things, you know, that it's hard, it's harder than, than, than usual. Um, but I'm here to encourage you guys just to obey, you know, I'm not just saying things and not living by it. That God reminds me of, of, of even the words that, that came out of my mouth and it encourages me and motivates me to just obey to just be intentional and to realize that there there is beauty in obedience um and and I was obedient and I just I just saw how God was just worked like he is just so good I I don't even know how to explain how good God is man when he tells you to do something do it like he he had like he got y'all like listen I li- listen because I always think man God who am I like who who am I for real? Because what? Like, why you love me so much? Because I don't understand. And in in obedience and just being obedient, I just seen God work in ways I could have never thought. I would have never been able to explain. Um, I would have never been able to assume this was what's gonna what was gonna happen based off my obedience. I just had to be obedient and have faith and then watch God work and know that He was never gonna leave me nor forsake me and He hasn't failed me yet. Um, and so I just wanted to share that because you guys again are my family, and um, I just want to be able to be transparent with you all. This is what this is all about. It's about being transparent. And us, you know, just walking hand in hand with Christ and walking hand in hand together and being on this journey. So I will continue to pray for you all as you continue to pray for me um, because I do need the prayers. Don't think that, you know, I'm just on some high pedestal somewhere. No, don't know. I'm walking hand in hand with you all. OK, so I'm going to get right into it because you guys are probably very curious. Um, Samantha, what do you mean? I believe. And you're asking me, do you surrender? So I hear a lot um, people will question things or 
they will, um, you know, ask, you know, how is it that you're able to discern the voice of God? How is it that you're able to know that this is what God wants for you? Um, you know, or you have those people who, who, you know, still drink, still smokes, still parties. Um, they still, uh, fornicate and, you know, you have those who commit adultery, you know, you just have these people that are just not really living according to God's word. Right. And, you know, most times if you are speaking up about a sin or saying something or you are talking to someone who you believe is a sinner about God, they will say that I am a Christian. You know, I do believe in God. And then you're like, OK, so this is awkward. So um, if they believe, then, you know, so what do I say if I see that they're sinning? How do I then approach it? Right. I get that a lot. Um, I see that a lot. And it's it can, you know, if someone is telling you that they believe, it's kind of like, okay, well, like, I don't want to call you a liar, you know, um, you know, you you see that obviously the way they're living is not, you know, according to the word of God. But you don't you you also don't want to come against what they proclaim to believe. I understand that God has given me this word and he told me that. It's not that they don't believe. It's just that they are not living a life of surrenderance. So they believe, but they haven't surrendered. Right. And so let's just first like I want to you know, I want to read what does it mean to be saved and what what does it mean to, to believe, you know, in case maybe you feel like you believe, but maybe you never heard this or you're just curious. Right. So in Romans 10 verse 9, it says that if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, right? So what it is, is that you, again, you proclaim um, out of your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is the son of God and that he is Lord and that you will be saved. And in verse 10, it says, for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Okay, so that's how, you know, many times you maybe if you um, maybe didn't grow up in church or, you know, you heard it or this is how you were saved. Um, There was an altar call and they had to repeat this or maybe they um, read this verse and and told you how you can be saved and told you that it requires faith and that you just have to believe in your heart and say it out of your mouth and now you're saved. Right. And so what happened is that a lot of us took that step. And that was it. And then we just went back to doing what we were doing, right? We call ourselves Christians. We say that we're saved and we're still doing everything else we were doing prior to us being saved, you know? Um, so what that was is you you realized you needed a savior. You realize that, you know, in this world, it's it's a bit confusing or, you know, there's a lot of different spirits and, and, and demons and, and just a lot of different things. And you realize that, you know, I am a sinner and I do need a savior. And I do believe that Jesus came and he died and he rose again. And it is through him by faith that I am saved. Right. We realize that. And so we've accepted Jesus as our savior. But what um, many of us are lacking is the, the Lord. So we have a savior, which is Jesus. But we have not necessarily made him the Lord over our lives. And so although we have a savior and believe that Jesus died to save us, we are still, um, how should I word it? We are still engaging and still allowing the world to dictate how we live our lives, right? Um it says in his word that we should not conform to the things of this world, that we should not conform to the patterns of this world. And it could be that you weren't taught it. I don't, you know, I don't really, besides, you know, the song, I Surrender, um, I don't really hear this being preached a lot about, you know, it's, it's always about being saved and salvation, but never really how, we should live a life of surrenderance and, and what that means for a believer and someone who is new in the faith. So or you could know because I knew to a certain extent, but I didn't know fully what it meant to surrender or what that would look like. And I've grew up in the church like I explained um, previously. 
So today I'm talking to both, you know, those who who um, didn't know, those who know and those who doesn't really know what that looked like or afraid to even do so, right? I explained how is it that you are saved and, and where it says that in scripture, and that is through faith by salvation is by the grace of God, um, that we're able to be saved like that. There is no works that we do. There is no ritual that we have to do. There is no act that we have to engage in. You are solely saved by grace through faith. Um, and so, that's that. So the next step is actually surrendering our lives to Christ and saying and allowing him to sit at the throne of our hearts. And I hear a lot um, or I see a lot where people will question, why is it that God is moving in their lives like that? Or why is it that, you know, they're living in purpose and I'm just so confused as to what my purpose is or how is it that they're able to discern the voice of God? How is it that they know what they're doing is of God? You know, you're probably even wondering even about me, like, how is it that she just knows the Bible and how does she know wisdom and how is she able to speak about these certain things and have insight? And how is it, you know, like, you know, we ask these questions, how is it that she knows she's living in purpose and, you know, we ask these things and, you know, it can become frustrating sometimes because maybe you've been a believer your whole life. Maybe you've been in church your whole life. Um, You served in church your whole life and you, you know, questioned how, 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 how. And again, God showed me that. Well, he what he showed me is that many of us are believers and we believe in God, but it's a few of us who actually surrender to God. It's only a few of us who actually submit to God. And so you can be a believer and still follow your own will. You can be a believer and still do what your flesh says and still operate in your sin nature. And But when you are living a life that is submitted to God, you are realizing that on your own and according to your own will, it, it is not working. And it's, it's still a bit confusing and it's not satisfying you know you still feel empty you feel confused there's no peace but when you submit your life to God you are you are now walking and living according to his will and plan for your life so that's really the difference and it's when you are submitted to him that you are able to truly live in purpose because again you know before your mother before you were even a thought before you were in your mother's womb um, God had a plan for you and it's only when we are submitted to him that we are able to view this plan, that we are able to live according to his plan, that we are able to live by his plan. It's only then that we're able to do that. Um, so when you are saved, the Holy Spirit comes in you um, and he is now our helper. Right. He is now our helper. And we have this helper um, of God who now lives in us and dwells in us. And his position is to submit to God. He is faithful to God because, you know, they are they are all one, you know. So anything that God says, it, 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 it's, they're, they're going to back up each other because they are they are they are one. They are correlated. They um, agree with each other. And so the position of the Holy Spirit in us is to already be submitted to God and to be faithful to God. Hopefully I'm not losing you. I want to kind of, you know, talk a little bit be before I go into the scripture because, you know, I always back things up with scripture. I'm not trying to lose nobody, but just bear with me, right? So um, on Saturday, I went to prayer and at prayer, um, the apostle of the house, he, he, he said, he had a revelation and he said that a lot of us need to be aware of our default position, and what he meant by that was that he used an analogy of a printer. So you know how a printer has a default position. Let's say it's defaulted to print in black and white, right? You want to um, print in color that day. And so you have to manually go in there and change the setting to print in color. Because if you do not do that, it's going to print in the black and white, right? So we are flesh and we are spirit, the Holy Spirit now lives in us, and his default position is 
to be submitted to God. However, we have our flesh default position um, as human beings, as as flesh beings, is of sin. We are sinners. We are of sin nature. And so our flesh default is to sin. And so what we have to do is manually go in there and submit our flesh to God, to the Holy Spirit. And so when we are living according to our will, we are living according to our flesh. We desire the things of the flesh and we do things according to the flesh. That is um, that is opposite of God's will for us. And so it's not unusual to have a someone who proclaims they are a believer, who believes in God, to do things that are sin, that are of sin nature, because what they have not done or what they have not realized is that they need to change the setting or what they didn't realize is that each and every day they must submit their flesh to God. They must crucify their flesh, die to their flesh, take up their cross and follow after Christ. And so they assume that when they um, got saved, that, that that was automatically going to happen. Um, what they assumed was that that one time they prayed and asked God, God, I submit my life to you. It was going to be so the rest of their lives. Um, they thought, you know, they assumed that when they sent, when they sung the song, um, I surrender, that meant for the rest of their lives. See, we have good intentions. You know, we we believe, you know, that that's how it was going to happen. And so maybe that day, that week, that month, you did live a life that was, you know, surrendering to God and you were just being on fire for God and doing the things of God. But then another month came, another week day, another week came, another day came, and you didn't really feel that fire anymore. You used to be led by the spirit, but now you you see yourself um, being led by the flesh and doing things of the flesh and falling into sin and and so confused as to why you cannot give up this sin nature. Why is it that I, you know, I want to stop sinning, but I can't stop sinning? And you're just living day by day um, according to the flesh and, you know, living day by day according to your own will. Uh, it's because um, it's an everyday thing. You see, every day we have to crucify our flesh. Every day we have to submit our flesh to the word of God. We have to submit our flesh to the spirit and ask that the Holy Spirit be louder than our flesh. Remember that they war against each other. The spirit is willing. The spirit is willing to do the things of God, but the flesh is weak. The flesh wants to do what it wants to do. And so you have to be intentional and um adamant about walking and living according to the spirit and not the flesh and so that's what happened it, that's that's what happens is that you know we have believers but not so many people who are actually submitted to God and who are living according to his will you know me I'm you know I, I'm very transparent with you all and I couldn't give this um without of course sharing a testimony before I share the testimony, um, I want to go to James 4, and I'm going to read this. It's about 17 verses, so bear with me. In the NLT version, and it reads, What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Do they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to get it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You only want what will give you pleasure. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be afraid of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scripture have no meaning? They say that God is passionate and the spirit that he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And he gives grace generously, as the scriptures say. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God. In another translation, it says, submit yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. 
Verse 11, it reads, don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. God alone who gave the law is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. So what right do you have to judge the neighbor, your neighbor? Look here. You who say today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and will stay there a year. We'll, we will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Again, that was James 4, and I read it from the New Living Translation. That in itself is a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. But um, before I, you know, go deeper into the understanding of this scripture and what God was telling me, um, I want to just go ahead and speak on where how I too you know I I too was one who who was a believer and I believed in God but I did not live a life that was submitted to God and at the time I did not know you know I, I didn't know that that was something that needed to be done that that was something that I needed to be intentional about that was something that I needed to I needed to switch the setting I didn't realize I was on default to sin and so, you know, you know, I, I have, okay, God gave me this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So you may be confused because you're just like, okay, how then are you a believer? How are you a Christian? But you don't do the things of God. How is it that you just aren't submitted to God? That doesn't make any sense, Samantha. What are you talking about? Okay, so imagine you have, um, think about your family, right? You have your parents who have certain laws or certain rules for their household. Uh, maybe they ask you to get home a certain time or, you know, they teach you um, certain things. They teach you how to approach people. They teach you how to honor others, honor your elders, be respectful, you know, different things. They teach you maybe not how, you know, they don't teach you to curse. There are certain music that you don't listen to in your house, certain shows you don't watch, whatever it is, you know, you have your rules, you know what your parents like and what they dislike, right? So again, you know, you know, it's, you know, it's me, you know, I'm going to be transparent. Um, so in my household, um, growing up, you know, there were music and, and shows that we did not watch. I did not know of these things. Um, only it was by going to, um, other family members' houses, um, going to school that I was able to learn of, you know, secular songs, secular shows, um, my parents never cursed. I never heard a curse word in my house, but for some reason I would still go to school and I was, I was cursing. Right. So I spoke about this, um, in previous episodes, um, undercover Christian. And, you know, if someone were to encounter me and have a conversation with me or hear how I spoke to other classmates or hear the words and languages that I would use around my friends and in that school, they would have never thought my family, my parents were a pastor. They would have never thought that I was a Christian. They wouldn't have thought that I was I was growing up in a Christian household. Why? Not because my parents weren't teaching me the right things, not because they were, um, how do I say it? Not because they were not because they had, you know, rules and didn't share it with me or, you know, made sure I understood them. Um, I knew I knew what I should have done. I knew what my parents taught me, but I wasn't submitted to their rules. I wasn't submitted to their teachings. You see, um, I was when I was around them and when I was in certain environments and certain places. But when I was outside of that, when I was outside of church, when I was outside of my home, I lived a life that was different. I lived a life that, you know, followed the patterns of the world. Um, I conformed to the things of the world. I conformed to the things that my um, other classmates and, and friends were saying and doing. And, you know, that was cool at the time. So that's what I did. 
And so you see um, also believers and Christians, you know, they hear the word of God. They know what is right. Um, They know when to say the right things. But just because they go and they sin, just because they go and they do things outside of God's will, outside of his rules, outside of his order, doesn't mean that they're not a Christian, doesn't mean that they're not a believer. They just did not submit to to God and to his rules and to his order and, and to his will. That makes a little bit more sense. You know, I'm I'm a visual person, so I try to share, you know, what I see visually for those of you who you needed that deeper um, understanding, who needed that deeper um, picture about what it is that I'm trying to say. Um, growing up, again, I I had, you know, we have we have those moments when we are crying before God. God, I surrender. God, I surrender. Have my life. Use me. Use me. Use me. Right. And then. Maybe that week or two, we're reading our word and praying and, and being intentional. But then again, our flesh goes back to its default position. And now we're just operating in, in sin. We're, we're being sinners. Um, and there was a time where I realized that I would not be able, I feel like this was the Holy Spirit and you know, God was trying to show me that I asked so much, man, I prayed so much about God. What is my purpose? Because I was living and feeling purposeless. I was living and not feeling as though I was doing what I was created to do. I felt very lost and I felt as though I had a mask and I was putting on a show for others. And but the show couldn't last forever, you see. And you know, in front of others, they they saw that I had it together. It seemed as though I had it together. I, I myself believed I had it together, but there was this void that I felt. There was this feeling that I could not understand. And I would pray and ask God, God, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? What is my purpose? Or I had this feeling. I knew what I, sh- I, knew what I needed to do, but I wasn't willing to do it. Um, so that's when I began to experience this, this, this state of rebellious. I knew what I should do, but I wasn't willing to do it. And I really didn't know how that would look or what it even meant to do it. So what I mean is that I realized that I wanted to know my purpose. I wanted to live according to God's plan for my life. And I realized that it was going to require sacrifice I realized that there were some things that I was doing I would no longer be able to do and at the time I felt as though what I was doing was needed to keep other people happy and so I was willing to sacrifice my purpose I was willing to delay me knowing my purpose or delaying me actually living in my purpose for the pleasure of others, for me to satisfy other people, for me to make others happy. And I thought that me surrendering my life to God intentionally would mean that I had no control, that I would not be able to have fun anymore. And um, I was going through all this. I was in college. So, you know, your college life, you know, you want to have fun. You want to turn up. So I realized, hmm, if I really want to know my purpose, there are some things I can't do no more. (laughs) Can I be honest? Like, you know, I realized that if I really want to live in my purpose and really want to know what God is trying to do in my life, there are some people I can't even talk to anymore. In my head, I, I was... It was more of a religious thing. I believed in a relationship thing, right? And so it took so long. I I had to go through this stage of being stubborn. I was very stubborn and then I got really rebellious. I would if somebody I would literally tell you like I I'm being rebellious. Like I know what I should be doing, but I just don't want to do it, right? Like my parents, I knew what I should be I knew what they wanted to hear. I knew what what I needed to do, but outside of that, like I wanted to be rebellious. Like, God, I, I can come to church. I put my hands up. God, I know what you want of me. But 
But these other people outside of here, you know, they want this and, and this will make me look cool. And, you know, this will make me have likings and I can be popular this way and people will know me and whatever, whatever. Right. And not realizing that um, me living that way was felt like there was so much more that people will see me and say things like, oh, Samantha, you're so bright. You're so smart. You're going to make it so far in life. And mm, that was nice. But. I didn't really feel that. Like, I felt like I wasn't really being true to myself. Like, I felt as though I was suppressing my personality for certain people. That I couldn't really laugh how I wanted. I couldn't really talk how I wanted. Because I was putting up a front for people. And in that, there was no freedom. Like, it was weird. Like, you know, I was trying to rebel against God. I was trying to be stubborn, didn't want to surrender so I can have freedom. But at the same time, the way I was living, I still didn't have freedom. Right? How the irony, right? Um, It wasn't until I really gave my life to Christ and I really submitted to him. And my testimony is that when I did that, yo, I so much freedom like wow like this is this is me like I didn't even know I had this gift I didn't even know I can talk like this I didn't even know I could stand in front of people and not be nervous I didn't even know that um there would be so much peace and so much joy that um even though it may not make sense to to normal people that I have so much peace about where God has me in my life. I have so much peace about the things that may not be happening for me that, you know, people may, you know, assume or expect for me to be doing or having. Like, I have so much peace, right? And, you know, what I thought me surrendering my life to God and and living according to his will or his way was going to be um, a sacrifice that I didn't know if I was willing to make listen it's the best sacrifice I've ever made it's, it doesn't even feel like a sacrifice because when you get out of that religious mindset and you begin to really pursue a relationship you realize how good God is in his love for you that you're willing to do any and everything just like when I hear people say all the time like oh I did it for love or I was in love with this person so I did it for that like I you know it's the same way with God man and and it's it's funny because or not even funny but it's just amazing because when you do things out of love for him, it's always beneficial for you. It's always going to help you in, in some way, some aspect. His plan for us is so perfect. And so if you are confused and you're doing things according to your way, your will, you are not really living. You are not really operating in your purpose. You're not really doing what it is that God has called you to do. You're not really living the plan he had already planned for you before you were even a thought and that plan is perfect so it wasn't until I really submitted and realized that it was something that I need to do each and every day see with believing and being saved it's a one-time thing I believe it's a one-time thing that you are saved once you know once you believe you say it out of your mouth you know that you are saved um, I know th- although it's a one-time thing, if they repeat it at church, I still say it because, let's say, you never know. Um, but I still repeat it. I, I still, you know, those who are coming to Christ, they are new. I, I repeat it with them. Um, but I believe it's a, it's a one-time thing. Unless you go and um, de-announce the, the religion, that's a whole different story. But if you, you know, are in Christ, you know, I believe it's a one-time thing. But the submitting part, it's um, it's an everyday thing. It's an everyday thing. And so... That was what I just wanted to share that um, with you. So going into the what we read, right, about James 4. Um, quickly, I just wanted to say that you can be a believer and an enemy of God. Or when you are living according to the world or you befriend the world, you are a friend of the world, um, you become an enemy of God. So imagine that. Okay, so you are called to be a light, Right. And we know that the world is is dark. It, it's a dark world. Um, the people who are of the world live in darkness. And so in order to befriend the world, you literally have to dim your light to where you look like the world. You have to dim your light to where it's not going to offend the world. It's not going to offend other people. Imagine 
you get into a dark, dark room, right? You know, people are partying in a dark, dark room. If you go and open the door and allow sunlight to go, they're going to start screaming, like, stop. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're killing the vibe, right? So in order to walk into that room without people cussing you out and yelling at you for letting the sun in, you have to come in a way that is still dark. Did I miss somebody? Listen, so... You literally have to dim your light so dimly that it's not bothering the ones who are in darkness. That's the only way you can befriend them. There's no way that you can come with your bright light, the light that shines in you. Is There's no way you can come like that and, and think that you're going to go and befriend the world, befriend darkness. It says light, the light, light and darkness, they have no... They they can't be friends. They have no um reason to court. Like there's no there's no befriending. There's no thinking. Oh yeah, I can be a light and go and 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 be friends with the darkness. It it doesn't work. Like it's either you're gonna be dark or you're gonna be light. If you come into a room and you're light, what you're going to do is shine so bright in that room that they can't even see darkness anymore. All they're going to see is light. They're not gonna want to befriend you because what? When you have imagine you know when we go outside and you're in the sun. And then you come back into a room, you know, your eyes are like all blurry. You can't even see the color of the room, how it's supposed to be, because you just expose yourself to light. The, the, the people of the world, they are in darkness. They don't want to be exposed to light. And so if you come in there like that, you're not, that, that, that's not befriending them. You are being a light. You are standing out. You are being set apart. You are being holy. But in order to befriend them, you have to dim yourself. You have to dim the light. You have to come in as darkness. And so when you do that to befriend the world, now what you have became is an enemy of God because God is of light. He is light. And so when you go and make yourself dark to befriend the world, you have now became an enemy of God. So it's not that you stop believing in God. You still do believe in God. But now you have become an enemy of God because now you have dimmed your light and now you have camouflaged yourself to be of darkness in order to befriend darkness, in order to befriend the world. Then he goes and in, in, in verse four, it says, you adulterers, right? So think about it again. I'm a visual, I'm a visual person. I like to see things in the natural. God gives me, you know, ideas. He allows me to see things in the natural so it can make sense in the spiritual. So imagine um, you, let's say you're married and you have a husband, you have a wife and you guys gave each other a ring signifying your vow that you have made that you are committed to each other and so if someone else sees that person they're not going to approach them in a way that's trying to pursue them because they realize that they have already been pursued and that they are in a committed relationship and they have a vow that they have made but if you are in a relationship if you are married and that person now takes off their ring and they go into the world, they go out to the marketplace, they go to the um, the mall, and they no longer have that ring on them. Now, people are liable. They can come now and approach them and try to pursue them because they do not see that they are committed. They do not see that they have made a vow because without that ring, it's like they are um, that they're an open book, that they are able to be pursued, that people can come up and talk to them and, and approach them differently if, you know, they did have a ring on. So it's the same way with God. See, when we have committed our lives to God, um, we have been baptized. We've made a vow. We say that, God, I am I am yours. You know, we, we the church are the bride of Christ. And so we are committed to him. But when we go and do things of the world, when we go and engage in the things of the world, the patterns of the world, conform to things of the world, what we are doing is taking off our ring, taking off, you know, dismissing our vows, dismissing the commitment that we made to God. We still believe in him. We still believe that we have a husband. We still believe that we have a wife. We we know that we're married to them. But what we've done is now we've cam camouflaged ourselves to go into the world. And now people are not going to approach you in the way that they would have if they know that you are uh, married or in a committed relationship. Now they're going to approach you as though you are open bait. Right. So once you've done once you've done that now and you've gone and camouflaged yourself among the crowd People are going to treat you, talk to you, say things to you that is different than they would when what they would have done if they knew that you were in a relationship with God, if you were a Christian. 
And so now we are seen as adulterers. It says, even though you don't actively, you know, pray to another God, even though you don't actively do certain things, even the thought of it is you've already committed the adultery. Like, you know, it says in the Bible that even if a man looks at another woman in a certain way that they've already committed lust in their mind, that they've already committed adultery in their mind. And so that's what a lot of us are dealing with. And we are actively committing adultery and not realizing it because what we have done is, like I've mentioned in the previous episodes, Undercover Christian, we have camouflaged ourselves to to seem like the world, to be like the world, to befriend the world, and now have became an enemy of God. And even prior, um, the verse one and to verse three, where it talks about how, you know, a lot, you know, we're jealous of what others have and we can't get it. And I was talking about that. Like, you know, a lot of us are jealous of the fact that, you know, so-and-so gets to live in their purpose or so-and-so is just being used by God and and so-and-so is just living a life that's so righteous and so holy and we can become jealous of it or we see that they're being blessed um, in, in certain ways and in certain areas of their life and we become jealous of that. And we, on the other hand, been in church for God knows how long, 30 years, 10 years, 15 years, our whole lives. And we're not receiving a blessing that looks like that. We're not being used by God how they are being used by God. And so we become jealous of it. We begin to ask of things like, oh, we see that they have a big house. God, why they have a big house? I want a big house too. God, they have kids. I want a ki- I want kids too. God, they have a husband. They have a wife. I want that too, right? We're, we're comparing ourselves to them, asking things, you know, formulating our own will, formulating our own plans and asking God to just go ahead and bless that or add that into our lives. And he's saying that, um, you know, we ask of these things and he t- he says that we we have not because we ask not. But sometimes we ask thing- we ask God for things and we don't receive it because they are not according to his will, but they are only according to our will and our evil desires and and for things that we want pleasure in. And. What you must do is not look at others and and compare or be jealous, but submit your life to God so that way you can live according to his perfect plan for your life. That way you're able to ask God for things and receive it because it was according to his will for your life. God is not a God. He's not out to get us. He doesn't want bad for us. He's not, you know keeping blessings from us. It's not that he doesn't want us to experience a a big house, a big family. It's not that he doesn't want us to experience luxury cars. It's just that outside of his will, we are operating in our will. And so when our desires then do not match his desires. And so our motives for things, our motives for asking of things, it's not even sometimes we, we we want these things, we think that we need these things, but in reality, it's not things that we need. We just see the other person has it. And so because it, it looks good, we think that we also need that same thing. But when you align yourself to God, when you submit your life to God and you begin to live according to his will, your desires begin to match his desires. So you realize that certain things that you thought you wanted or certain things that you thought you needed, in reality, you don't really need it. And you begin to um, uh, you begin to obtain the favor of God. You begin to obtain certain blessings that before, outside of his will, you would have never thought you needed, but you realize that it's better than even what you thought you needed. But it's all about aligning ourselves to God and his perfect plan for our lives. Okay, and then it goes and it reads about, and I was explaining that how, um, you know, it says God is passionate about the spirit that he has placed in within us and that it should be faithful to him. And I was speaking earlier about how, you know, the spirit is in a position, the Holy Spirit in, in us is already in position um, to submit to God. He's he's already submitted to God. He's he's faithful to God because they are one. And but it's our flesh that is 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 that he's that he's warring against. It's a, our flesh that wars against the spirit that does not that is not automatically defaulted to be in in submission to God. And so we have to go there and manually submit our flesh to God. And what that looks like again is is us praying each and every day, each and every morning, Lord. Um, I, I'm dying to myself. I'm I'm crucifying my flesh. I'm taking up my cross and I'm following after you. Right. And 
this is so, I love this, um, verse 7, where it says, to humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. In my King James Version, it reads, so submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you, right? So a lot of us, um, we feel as though, you know, that the enemy is just, he is a little bit too comfortable in our lives, that every day it's an attack, every day it's something, um, you know, maybe he's he's battling in, in your thoughts, he's, he's, he's getting in your thoughts, um, it's just, you don't know why, you know, I'm a believer, I believe in God, why is it that the enemy feels as though that he has territory in my life, territory in my house, um, and the enemy is not in, intimidated by the fact that you believe in God. What he's intimidated is whether or not you have submitted your life to God. You see, when you are living according to your will, you are living according to your ways, and and your ways is 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 um is is the pattern of the world. The enemy he has legal rights to come and and kind of disturb your plans or come and, you know, put input on your plans. It's because you are not under submission. And we talked about this in Beauty and Obedience, where in order to obey, you must be submitted under God. In order to stay under submission, you must be obedient. So if you are living according to your will, you're living according to your plans, you are not submitted under God. You are not you you are then not being obedient to God. And so now you are free bait. Basically, you you have taken the ring off your finger and so now you are liable, you are eligible to be bothered with. Right? So when it's saying now to to humble yourselves before God, resist the devil and he will flee from you, that means you are submitted under God. You are being obedient to God. And so you then are resisting the devil. You have now been able to discern the voice of God and the voice of the enemy. When you are submitted to God, you are obedient to God. You, you hear his voice. You know his voice. And so you're able to resist what the enemy is coming at you with. You're able to know, oh, no, that is the enemy and I rebuke you. So you resist the devil. You resist his words. You resist his his plans. You resist his motive. And he will flee from you because now he realized that, oh, this one right here is not doing things according to their own ways, according to their own their own ideas, but they are submitted to something greater. They are submitted to their Savior. They are submitted to the Lord of their lives. And so they are under submission. They are being obedient. They are covered. And so I cannot, I cannot mess with them. And so he has no choice but to flee. And so a lot of us are experiencing the enemy. We are experiencing pain. We are experiencing uh, influence by the enemy and in his, in his tactics because we are not in submission we are not submitted to God so we have not we have not been able to discern the voice of God and and in the voice of the enemy and so now we've been able to not knowing if this is God not knowing if this is the enemy because why we are leaning to our own understanding and we are living a life that we think is the way we should be living we are living according to our own will our own ways and so we don't know what's right. We don't know what's sound. We don't know what is, is, is strong foundation. We don't know what is biblical sometimes. And that's why we have to remain in submission to God. When we read his word, we begin to know his character. We begin to, to know his voice a little bit more. We begin to know if this is sound or it's unsound. But that's when we stay in submission. We are able to be obedient. And we are in obedient. We are able to actually live and walk according to his word and walk and live according to his plan that he has for our life. But that comes with submission. That comes with obedience. That comes with humbling ourselves before God, realizing that we can't do it on our own and that we have to lean on his understanding. We have to lean on his ways. It says, come close to God and God will come close to you. And so I hear a lot and I know that with Christianity, it's associated a lot with hypocrisy. Um, there's a lot of people that come to the church or they encounter a believer, they encounter a Christian and that Christian will judge them. That Christian will make them feel less than that Christian will operate in in um, something that's not love. Right. They operate in judgment. And the hypocrisy part comes with that. They will criticize someone for, you know, engaging in, in this sort of sin or not following this certain law, while they, on the other hand, the Christian, are doing things 
that are not according to God's word either. And they are not living according to his will. And there are certain rules that they too are not following. And it's not until I was studying this believing versus surrendering and believing and had needing to surrender that God allowed. He showed me that a lot of people and even, you know, the mothers of the church, you know, the deacons, those people who are old in the church, that a lot of them believe in God, but they have not surrendered their life to God. And so what that means is that they are not operating in according to God's will. They're not operating according to his way. And so they are operating outside of love. They what they think they're doing is right because, you know, a lot of us are taught some of these things. A lot of us learn some of these things by what we see, by what we watch, by what we grew up around and, and, we, and we see. And so not realizing that we are being a hypocrite, that we are actually like the Pharisees in the Bible who pointing their fingers to Jesus and saying, oh, you can't um, heal on the Sabbath or, oh, you know, you're crazy. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Right. They kept pointing their fingers to Jesus. And I remember even um, it was um, in scripture. I can't recall the, the chapter, but Jesus had just healed someone on the Sabbath and the Pharisees, which was like the religious people, um, were like, oh, you can't heal on the Sabbath. You know, you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. You know, why did you do that? Whatever the case is. And basically saying, you know, he's the enemy. He's, you know, being used by Satan and stuff. And, and, and Jesus was like, really? We're not supposed to work. We're not supposed to do anything. This person needs to be healed and they can't be healed. But it's the Sabbath and you still went out and took out your donkeys that you still, you know, let your donkeys out. You fed them. You know, you did all these things. But you are coming at me because I healed on the Sabbath, but you are still engaging in acts on the Sabbath as well. You are still technically working on the Sabbath as well. You weren't in total rest, right? And so we have a lot of religious people who are also like that, where they'll they'll point their finger at you for doing certain things or not doing certain things when behind closed doors or in that same setting, they are also doing something that is not according to God's law or according to God's rule either. And we see this. God had to show me that it's because they, too, have not surrendered their lives to Christ. They have not submitted their lives to Christ. And so they are just operating in the flesh. They are operating in in the laws of God and, and they're operating in um, this religious idea, this religious thought, this religious um, religion, if that makes sense. Um, and not in love and not according to God's will and not to according to God's plan. I love this. It says, but your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. And we see that a lot, that people will read stuff in the Bible and take what they want and be so adamant about those certain things, but they don't read the Bible as a whole or, or follow the Bible as a whole. They only follow what they want. And that's not biblical. That's not what he calls us to do. That's not what he wants from us. That's not his plan for us. And so I want to, you know, sympathize with those who maybe experience church hurt, who may not want to enter a building or associate themselves with other Christians because of the fact that they've been judged. Um, they've been hurt. You know, they weren't shown love. And I'm here and I'm apologizing on their behalf. And I'm asking that you will still give it another chance, that you will give God another chance. Don't allow that to stop you from having a relationship with God because that is not what he's about. And what they were doing was operating outside of his will. And so they were operating outside of love, still try to pursue a relationship, build a relationship with God. He is a God of love. He is a God of grace. He is a God of mercy. And um, he loves you. He has a plan for you. It's a perfect plan. And that's why I'm so adamant about this, you know, killing re religion and, and killing this religious mindset. And I, I love to um, teach and preach about a relationship. I believe it's all about relationship. When you actually have a relationship with God, the way you do things is, is different. The way you operate is different. The way you treat others is so much different because you realize his love for you. And it says that, you know, love God. It, that the greatest commandment was to love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul. And to love others like you love yourself. When you start to love God wholeheartedly, you realize his love for you. And you begin to love yourself different than what you would have loved. How you would have loved yourself outside of his will. But in his will, you begin to love yourself differently. And then you begin to then treat others and, and love others how you've been loved. You know, so a lot of people who come not outside of love. Um, they come to you and they're mean. They come to you and they're wicked. They come to you and they're nasty. It's because they don't 
really truly understand God's love for them. They're, they don't truly love themselves. And so if they don't love themselves, they don't know how to love you. Verse 17 is something it says, remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then do not do it. So you know what you should do, but when you don't do it is a sin. I did not know that, you guys. I didn't know. I knew I was being rebellious and that wasn't, you know, cute. I know God wasn't pleased with me, but I didn't realize that me knowing what I should do and not doing it was a sin. So a lot of us sin when we know I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to still do it. It's a sin. I know that I should pray, but I don't want to pray. It's a sin. I know I should, you know, we get exposed. We've been, you know, this is nine episodes in. You've been exposed to different scripture. You've been exposed to different insights and understanding about God's word. I've told you about being just, just obeying and, and being the beauty and obedience and being intentional and trusting God, not the process. So now you have fed yourself these words. And so now that you know these things, you can't go against it because now that you know. So if you go and you operate outside of these things, you go and you continue to be disobedient, You now you're sinning. You you know what you should be doing, but you don't do it. So now it's a sin. And now, okay, before I wanted to close, I, um, you know, I, I love to back things up and I, I thank the Holy Spirit for just giving me um, scriptures and he gives me um, stories in the Bible to relate to. And I just love it. So I wanted to share with you. Remember Judas in the Bible, Judas who um, betrayed Jesus. You know, we call him the betrayer. You know, he stabbed Jesus in the back. We don't like him, right? But a lot of us are just like him. See, he was a disciple. He was there for the miracles. He was there when the, the demons were being cast out. He was there, y'all. He was there. He 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 knew of Jesus. He had a relationship with him. He slept with him, ate with him. He did all these things, right? Yet he still betrayed God, yet he still operated outside of God's will. Why? Because although he believed in Jesus, although he sat with Jesus, spoke to Jesus, he did not submit himself to Jesus. And so that's why he was he was exposed and eligible to be used by the enemy because he was not in submission. He was able to betray Jesus and become an enemy of Jesus. And he became a friend of the world. He became a friend of those who were against him because he was not submitted to Jesus. He did not submit his life to him. He did not humble himself before him to resist the devil so that the enemy could flee from him. And so if you did not, you did not understand anything I said prior to this, um, think about that. You know, G Judas, he walked with Jesus. He talked with Jesus. He saw everything of Jesus. He believed in Jesus, but he was not submitted to him. And we know the story. He, he betrayed him. You know, Jesus was arrested. Jesus was crucified. And because Judas was operating outside of God's love, because he was operating outside of God's will and was not submitted, you know, he was so torn by it. Um, and it was it's, it's in this verse, in this chapter, you can read that it's like the grief, the tears, the sorrow, all of that, right, happened because he was operating in his default setting, which was to be a sinner and live in sin nature. And he ended up taking his own life. He ended up committing suicide because of the act that he did outside of God's love and, and, and betraying Jesus and not being submitted to him. You know, think about that. Dwell on that. Think about everything that I've, I've, I've spoken to you all about today. Um, and I pray that you will make a decision to not only be a believer of Jesus, not only to believe in God, but to actually submit your lives to him and surrender your lives to him and declare that not my will, but your will, God. That he will not only be a savior of yours, but that he will also be your Lord and that he will be the Lord of your lives, that he will sit at the throne of your heart. Um, I just love you guys so, so much. Like, 
y'all understand i love my listeners i love those who've been listening since the introduction episode it's episode one that you've just been journeying with me um i love to hear your testimonies i love to hear um when you know a certain episode is you know speaks to your heart and that you're you know extremely moved by it i love to hear that because Again, it, it just kind of con- it just confirms that you know God is just speaking to me and that He's using me and it's, it's just such a blessing. That's what it's a, it's a blessing, y'all. Like it's such a blessing to be a blessing. Um, I love y'all. I pray that again you will just submit your lives, man. That you will just obey. You will be obedient. You you'll see the beauty in obedience. You won't trust the process, but you will trust God. That you realize that you are chosen. That you know you can do the things of God. That you are not supposed to clean up your life and be perfect that that there's no way you can do that outside of in in your own will there's no way you can do that the only way is if you will submit your lives to god and you begin to live in his perfect plan for you i love y'all i listen i i get so passionate about this i could talk for hours but um i don't want these these episodes to be that long and so try to hurry up and say what i have to say and let y'all go um but i love y'all you know if you haven't um catched up or heard the um previous episodes go and listen to them i listen to them and i'm extremely blessed by it so go and listen to it um and be blessed you know walk in purpose live in purpose live in accord live according to god's will um i love y'all love y'all love y'all love y'all um be blessed oh yeah jesus love y'all so 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 much and be blessed (laughs) 